On this week's episode, Disney shouts out its future with D23. What's the future for Assassin's Creed? And did Cobra Kai show no mercy for season five? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts plus if you could like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there going ahead and doing so and if you can go ahead and do that plus also as well the fact that we are the number one tabletop rpg streamer out there on facebook where we have a ton of video waiting for you in the realm of tabletop rpgs with dungeons and dragons vampires and vitae and so much more plus also as well we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day and oh my gosh was there a ton of pop culture news and information that came out this weekend and you can go ahead and catch it all including trailer after trailer, after info, after trailer, today at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. And if you do all that, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He is our own master of the realm known as Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. Go ahead and check out his page for his upcoming great experience known as The Happy Hoarder, plus his sensational podcast, The Super BS Gamescast, and of course his amazing book, Congratulations You Suck, which you can get right now at Amazon and Barnes Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What's up? You know what's really warming my heart these days is... All the love for Brendan Fraser. Like, I just, God bless the man. You know, he, he recently got a six minute standing ovation for oh his God. performance yeah. in The Whale. I guess he was on his way out of the building and then they started applauding him and he just, like, he was broke crying. Down. Yeah. The Rock sent him a special message because, you know, mm-hmm. they have that mummy connection. And yep. I'm happy for him as well. The revival of Brendan Fraser obviously with what he's doing in Doom Patrol and a very Oscar noteworthy performance in the whale as a 600 pound man, just trying to deal with, uh, you know, a lot of stress and a lot of things going on in his life, a fractured yeah. relationship with his daughter. There's been no trailer released out on it yet, but when there is, we'll make sure we pop it on the pop culture cosmos. But yes, a lot of people are anticipating this to be one of the highlights of the cinematic year. Yeah. Yeah, and and I love Brendan Fraser. Like the Nicolas Cage thing, everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Let's they like blew up his career for nothing. But like Brendan Fraser, truly, truly deserves all the love that's coming his way. 
Absolutely. Plus also The Fablements, which is Steven Spielberg's latest film, just got premiered this weekend at the Toronto Film Festival. And that is getting also a lot of pub because that's based on his early life. So if you want to get a better idea of Steven Spielberg's life as a child and how he got interested in film, this will be the way to go ahead and do it. So very interesting coming out of the Toronto Film Festival. And we can't even cover that on today's show because there is so much to talk about on today's show because, oh my gosh, we thought Disney after Comic-Con had already just fired a lot of its guns. We knew that they were saving some of it for D23. No, they unloaded again at D23 this past weekend. So we've got the entire list that I'm going to break down of what they showed off both the games and also the movie and television part of D23. We're going to go ahead and talk about that on the front half of the show. On the back half of the show, Cobra Kai season five. I binged through season five. Dang. Is it still as good as it has been for the first four seasons? We'll talk about that coming up on the show. Plus also as well, Lord of the Rings, episode three. Do, 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 do. Is a trip to Numenor worth a good episode for episode three in Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power? We'll talk about that coming up here in a bit. Plus Clerks 3 comes out this week. What's the advanced word on Kevin Smith's Latest reimagining after so many years of Clerks in Clerks 3. We'll talk about that coming up. And did anybody know out there about Ubisoft Forward, where they showcased what's upcoming for them with several other games? Did anyone actually see it? Because it came around the time of D23. If you didn't, we'll tell you about the highlights, including the future of Assassin's Creed as well. But first, my friend... I'm going to take a deep breath because we got a lot to talk about with D23, and I'll put it to you this way. Last night, I was typing up for 45 minutes all the different things that were announced, and whether or not it was behind the scenes, whether or not it was a trailer, whether or not it was just information given. I was working on it for 45 minutes, and then I realized Deadline has a much nicer format than I did on it, so I actually ditched 45 minutes of work right there, so I just go ahead and Hop over to Deadline and check out what they did because they released a ton of stuff. So are you ready for this, my friend? And Oh, yeah. Hit me. Feel free to go ahead and interject with your thoughts on this at any point in time if you had a chance to check it out because they had a ton of trailers and we have virtually all of them. Right now, the links are available at Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. So you can just click on them and go and watch because there was a ton of stuff. So I'm going to start off with Marvel, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. They got to see behind-the-scenes footage at D23 of what's coming up. But what big info from that is there was footage shown of MODOK and also as well that it will directly tie into the upcoming Kang Dynasty first part of the Avengers movies, part one of the Avengers movies coming up. The first one is Kang Dynasty. The second one is Secret Wars. Yeah. So if this movie is going to directly tie into the Kang Dynasty Avengers movie. So that was the latest news from that one. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. The crowd thrilled to new footage from the MCU sequel. So they got to see some behind the scenes footage of Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. 
That's coming up in November in theaters. Captain America, New World Order. The big news there was information that Shira Haas and Tim Blake Nelson, who is joining the cast of this. I know. I never thought the leader. He is playing the leader who, if you got a chance to see the original 2008 Incredible Hulk movie with Edward Norton, at the very end, he becomes the leader and he will be the leader in Captain America New World Order. So that's very interesting upcoming for Anthony Mackie's movie coming up. I'm very excited for that one. That's coming up on May 3rd, 2024. Fantastic Four. Kevin Feige confirmed that Max Shackman from the WandaVision series who ditched Star Trek. So that Star Trek movie, which was not announced as far as any updates or anything on Star Trek Day. So Matt Shackman, the director of Star Trek leaving that project to direct Fantastic Four, and that's going to hit theaters right now, scheduled tentatively for November 8th, 2024. The Thunderbolts, my friend, were announced. That's coming up in 2024 on July 26th, as of now, for Phase 5. The Thunderbolts. All right, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. David Harbour, Julia Louise Dreyfus, of course, leading this whole thing, Wyatt Russell, Florence Pugh as Black Widow, Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier. Hannah John Common from The Ant-Man and the Wasp. She played Ghost. And Olga Kurilenko, I believe, who played the Taskmaster. Yeah. Yeah. In the Black Widow movie. So your thoughts on this. So that's the group that they're going to go with for now. No mention of how they're going to go ahead and tie this to Thunderbolt Ross. I'm still hoping they will recast the role with either Sam Elliott or someone else. I really like the fact to have him as a antagonist per se in the MCU. You know, I, I have a feeling that they're not going to recast him. I have a feeling they're going to, they'll, they'll write him off much like Chadwick, not write him off, but like they'll kind of, you know, respectfully story, respectfully story, story him, him off. Out. Yeah. And kind of like what they would did with Chadwick Boseman because uh, I mean, I won't be, I won't be mad over it. I just think that the Thunderbolt Ross character is someone since he's already been played by two different people, it wouldn't be, you know, like terrible <laughs> if, if someone did it again. Who was he? What was this? Who was the second person that played him? Sam Elliott was the first one. Remember in the Eric Bana Hulk. Oh, okay. I didn't even didn't even cross my mind. Okay. You know he's playing roles in 1883 and Yellowstone and all that stuff. So he's got a lot going on, a lot, yeah. lot on the slate right now. Still alive and kicking. Go ahead and bring him back. But I don't. Know. That's just Absolutely. me. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or bring not... someone younger in. I just just someone. That's oh, all. Yeah, anybody, anybody will do. Yeah, I, I, don't wanna, I, I don't want to see that character die. That's that's me. Yeah, but I mean, I just like I have a feeling they'll, you know, and th- and this is a good spot for uh, what's her, what's her name, like Louis Ju- uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, yeah, to kind of the Contessa sign in, and maybe they'll do a thing where they're like, oh, you know, I just got off the phone with Thunderbolt or General Ross, and you know, he he said, you know, it may he'll be like a character behind the scenes, you know, and other people will speak for him. Maybe we'll see, but again, I'd like to see something materialize out of that. But that's the crew right now that was announced for the Thunderbolts. That is going to be a major part of Phase Five in 2024. So I'm looking forward to that. Lucasfilm showed up and they debuted a lot of things and also stuff behind the scenes. The thing that I was really interested in most, I was hoping to see a trailer of, even if it was just a silhouette of Indy himself. Unfortunately, it was not. It was shown behind the scenes, but. 
Harrison Ford did show up to showcase Indiana Jones 5 and some footage behind the scenes to the crowd at D23. And he was very emotional and said that, you know what? This is it. He's done. So, yeah, uh, and I don't blame him. I still hope he gets to do something in a Blade Runner realm. So hoping, hopefully, you know, Denis Villeneuve after Dune Part 2 will you know, go back to that. Maybe one more last Harrison Ford there. But this is it for Indiana Jones. Yeah, it's sad, but what a way to go out, though. Like, what a way to go out on a film that may kind of like helped shape your career. Absolutely. You know, I think that it is sad to see him go, but it's also like I think it's such a good way to like say goodbye to the fans. Absolutely, indeed. Willow, the reimagining of the classic, I guess, from 1988. It wasn't a classic at the time. It was a bomb. (laughs) It was not a very. There's a reason why it wasn't really approached again, as far as Willow until now. Now it's become this cult fan favorite and everybody now wants to get into willow so a a new uh, a new willow series is on the way and they showed off a trailer that was shown also as well released to the public so go ahead and check that out on our site pop culture cosmos on facebook if you're a big fan of willow it's, it looks like a Warwick Davis returns along with a crew to go ahead and save the world in you know, a fantasy, mystical type thing, which actually Josh and I really can appreciate because with Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones all out as far as the medieval fantasy type deal, it looks like this is going to fit right in. So I'm happy that that's coming out. Yeah, you know what's funny about that is like I've I've heard – casual people say like oh this is on disney plus and i i watched it and you know i enjoyed it but i've also heard people like say that they hated it but then there are like your hardcore fans out there it, it yeah. kind of like the movie was not good but it still has like a cult following it's so funny though because it's all based off of i'm sure a lot of it was based off of the viewings on disney plus that when you put it at the library how many people were drawn to going ahead and checking out. And that's the thing because, you know, a lot of the stuff that they're, they're talking about and releasing is it's not original. It's all remakes or borrowing from something that they have in their library. And I think a lot of it is based on their numbers and analytics on how many views that they see. So people go ahead and check out a lot more Tron, please, if you can. So oh you go gosh, ahead. Yes. I would love to see a series based on Tron in that world. We got an announcement on a video game for Tron, but you know, I want to see something a little bit more in the world of Tron, but that's just me. So go ahead and check out Tron, please. Check out all the Tron stuff you can on Disney+. Plus. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same Connor as, was J- as Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Uh, Jock and Nerd. Coming up for 20th century side of things was one big thing. 
and that was Avatar The Way of Water. And there was behind-the-scenes footage shown to the people at D23. James Cameron, he zoomed in and talked about his work on the upcoming Way of Water film. I think that he's like on – he's all the way into Avatar 4 or 5 right now. So he is did, just – Do you yeah. know, did he actually – did he give any advice on like cheating the box office? Like uh, – <laughs> What's it like to uh, re-release your movie six times? Uh, I think Kevin Feige at Avengers Endgame would love to know that little secret because he's about ready to release the original Avatar here next week. And that's going to be re-released and shown off once again. Like you said, I say 40 to $100 million more as they head into Avatar The Way of Water. So, yeah, just more money, more money. Sorry, Avengers Endgame. But Disney live action stuff that's coming on the way was Mufasa's the Mufasa, the Lion King. I only saw like the Star Wars and Marvel stuff. I didn't realize that there's like they're doing another oh, Lion King. Ton of things. Yes. Mufasa the Lion King is gonna be released in twenty twenty four and a sneak peek was shown to the crowd. So that was something that's going to be on the way. The Little Mermaid, a new teaser trailer was released to the public. So oh, that was Huh? You caught it? Uh, yeah, no, I caught that one. What What do you think of that? Like, you, know, you could tell a lot of that's, like, not underwater. I mean, not that they could film the whole thing underwater, but do you think that it's still going to be able to, like, capture the magic? And Because the, the Lion King was an amazing movie. You know, I don't care what anyone says. Like, I really love The Lion King. Beauty and the Beast was okay. But, like, Little Mermaid, it's just, it, there's so many elements to that movie that make people feel the way they feel while watching it little kids especially do you think that that's going to translate in a live action format it's all based on the songs my friend you know it's it's not targeting you it's going to target the kids and it's all based on the songs so if the songs can resonate uh, i believe she is going to be a, an amazing singer and presence on screen it is going to be very cg heavy that just you know, a lot of the green screen action and all that, because you, like you said, it's creating that underwater thing that's going on there. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think it's all based on the songs. If the songs are good, yeah, then it should be a-okay. I think all the hubbub, again, people, they just move on from the Game of Thrones. They move on from the Lord of the Rings and, and with their vitriol there, they're going to go and put their vitriol in the Little Mermaid. You and I both know it. But it doesn't matter. Ultimately, what is the general audience going to do to accept it or not accept it? And I think they are going to accept it, especially if the songs are good. And if it's received by critics relatively well, I think that just speaks well for the movie. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, at this point, Disney's obviously not taking a chance on anything new. So no, no, it, it, we, I've given up on that. I've given up yeah. on that, my friends. So. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of series of movies that are coming up including Hocus Pocus 2 that's coming out at the end of this month. A new trailer was shown off for that. Disenchanted, if everybody remembers that comedic film, that was actually kind of really interesting for Amy Adams and McDreamy, I should say. They're going to be back at it again, playing their same roles that they got from the original Enchanted movie, which was actually uh, you know pretty funny, pretty funny. So they debuted a trailer for that one, and that is coming out in November 24th far as for the sequel for that that's a movie that's coming straight to disney plus and peter pan and wendy that will be released on disney plus next year as well so that's coming up again nothing original but you know at this time when you're going to disney plus i don't think you're expecting much in the way of that so no. yeah 
But animated wise, coming up, Elemental. They're talking about the lead actors that were involved, a lot of information that was released for the movie that's coming up next year in June. Elio, Pixar feature film about a young kid who is, uh, I guess, just a, just a dreamer that's, that's living in fantasy worlds as far as he becomes part of an intergalactic uh, United Nations, so to speak, United Planets, so to speak. So it's going to be a very interesting concept that Pixar has and works for us, but that is going to be released in spring 2024. I know they're working on some stuff that's coming out next year, but yes, Pixar is going to be, in fact, a series also as well, a long form series is going to be actually from Pixar for Disney Plus. So that's going to come out in the spring of 2024. That's Elio. Inside Out 2, the sequel was confirmed with Amy Poehler is coming back for one of the roles. Summer 2024, I think is when it's coming out. So that's, you know, Inside Out 2. Inside Out was a just really a gut buster as far as emotional. So obviously, you know, I'm like, like my kids like to watch these Disney movies, but the Inside Out one was like so sad for them, you yes. know, and they just like had no desire to watch it again. They they liked it, but they just didn't want to go back to it, you know. So I'm like, it, yeah, well, I'm, people... the, I, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. It's a it was a good movie, but it's so it is Pixar's most emotional movie. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't really want to go and start crying all over the place again because it's right. yeah, right. Yeah. And it just makes me wonder, like, how many people are really like, how many kids are really wanting to go back to that. There's a couple more features coming up from the animation department at Disney, including Strange World. They showed off a trailer for that that was released to the public, and that's coming November 23rd. And Wish is one of their new original feature films that they're coming up with. So that one's going to be coming out with a famous name, Alan Tudyk. Going to go ahead and be a part of that. Looking forward to that. It ought to be a very uh, funny thing and entertaining thing to see coming up, and that's coming up for a fall 2023 release. So looking forward to that as well. On the television side of things with Marvel, they have Ironheart, which they just talked about some information going on as far as casting is concerned. They haven't announced a date for that yet. Secret Invasion with Samuel L. Jackson. They showed off a trailer for that, and we have that on the link at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. So if you want to go ahead and check out the trailers right there for you. Secret Invasion, it looks very, very interesting. It's going to premiere next year, so looking very forward to that. Armor Wars, they didn't release a date for that, but they did just mention some things as far as information going on with it. Loki, they announced some castings information, and they did show a little bit of of stuff that's going on as far as production for, for next season, So, but they haven't set a date for that one for next year. Echo. That they showed a some stuff behind the scenes uh, as far as a special look as, as far as some stuff. So that is also coming up sometime next year, but they didn't and, put a, a exact date on it. Yeah, Daredevil- that's supposed to feature. Um, yeah, speaking of Daredevil, it's supposed to feature Daredevil and uh, Kingpin. Kingpin, yeah, Dino- yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. Speaking of which, they were on stage, Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio, for a discussion on Daredevil: Born Again where they just discussed about the series itself and did reiterate there's going to be 18 episodes of it. So production of the actual series is going to be in 2023. So hopefully it will hit sometime during phase five in 2024. And one of the more interesting aspects of the whole D23 experience was Werewolf by Night, a new Halloween special that's coming up 
it's going to be released on October 7th, but uh, it was a special Marvel Halloween themed one-off. So your thoughts on Werewolf by Night before we head to the break. I read about it, but I love that Disney's kind of getting behind the whole like holiday theme because I know we have the Gardens of the Galaxy Christmas special and all that. So yeah, man, I mean, the more the merrier, you know, but I didn't really see anything about this. So I mean, can you tell me more about what this is? Well, I, if you got a chance to see the trailer, which they debuted to the public, so you get a chance to see it. The links at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. It It's shot in a old, really old school black and white, almost like a 1930s horror movie with a lot of film grain. It's really just got a different look. The actors, the actors really are named as far as stars, but the look of it, which one, a lot of individual heroes and hunters but only one is a werewolf. And it, that's basically the premise of the trailer is you have to decide which one is going to be the end up being the werewolf. So you get to see some scares and things of that yeah, nature, yeah. but nothing outlandish or like going on the really super tinged horror, you know, because it's Disney Plus. But it's something very interesting that I thought was out of the box by Marvel. So is this a is this a, a series or is this just a movie? It's a movie. It's a one-off. Okay. All right. It yeah, might not but... even be a, for the full-length movie. I think it might just be like an hour long or something like that. It's just like a special that they're throwing up there. Yeah. And, and here's the great thing about that is like kids love, you know, even adults. I mean, myself included. Like I love holiday specials. Like I love being able to sit down with my kids and watching something holiday themed. So if that's the case, I welcome it, you know? Absolutely. What are your thoughts so far on D23? Please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com we're going to devote a little bit more to d23 before we run off everything else that's on the show and or show the final trailer before the series starts on september 21st with three episodes your thoughts on and or before we head over to what's next so I, I know I've said this before, but I'm not really too excited about this show. Like, I love the world of Rogue One, and I'll probably check out a few episodes of this. But, like, unless the first few episodes really, like, hook me in, I don't see this being something that I'm going to be watching a lot of. And he, here's the thing. It's just, like, with Star Wars shows in general, like, I, I like The Mandalorian. I started it, and then, like, I fell off a couple episodes, haven't gone back since. It, it's just that that world feels so completely mind dry to me you know and there has to be something that really recreates my interest in the mythology like i enjoyed the obi-wan show which was you know it was, it was good but other than that like the extended universe i'm just not at one time i was obsessed with it but now it's just it's not interesting to me anymore and i i'm not saying that like nothing against people that love this like i have friends who are huge star wars fans just like me on a personal level it's hard to get me into some of these new Star Wars properties because I'm so burnt out on these stories that have already been told. You know, I want to see something new in the Star Wars universe. I want a new starting off point. Like, I don't want the Republic era. I don't want to hear. I don't want. I don't, I'm not really interested in going back to that. Well, we'll see what happens there with Star Wars Andor that's coming out later this month I'll have my initial impressions when the show comes out on the 21st and the first three episodes are going to be there for you right there on Disney Plus as I said before that's kind of weird how they're doing that because the first two episodes actually if you just spaced them out week by week and actually the first episode would have debuted on Disney Plus day but you know hey they want to do it when they want to do it that's when they want to do it 
<laughs> the Mandalorian. You talked about the Mandalorian. A trailer for season three did debut and was released to the public. And that showcased a lot of interesting things as far as where they're going back to the home world of the Mandalorian and some other things going on. Tatooine, of course, has always got to go back to that. So a lot of things going on with the Mandalorian for season. And you can check out the trailer on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Star Wars The Bad Batch was delayed to January 4th for season two, but they did showcase some things behind the scenes as far as that's concerned and talked about that. Tales of the Jedi. That has an October 26th premiere date, and that's an anthology series set in the Star Wars universe with animated shorts that deal with Jedi. So Tales of the Jedi, that comes out late next month on Disney+. And last but not least, the rest of the Disney Plus was American-born Chinese, Big Shot, Waju, and The Muppets Mayhem are all series and specials that are coming to Disney Plus as well in 2023 and also later this year as well. So overall, just a ton of stuff that they talked about, including more stuff, National Treasure, Edge of History. They released a trailer for that, and I've got that on Pop Culture Cosmos, so check that out. It featured a lot of Catherine Zeta-Jones, Prom Pact, The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder for Season 2. That premieres next year in February. The first season went off very well. A lot of people really liking that. The Santa Clauses with Tim Allen. The first look teaser was released, so that comes out in November. Win or lose, that's coming out. That's Will Forte is joining the cast on that one. That one comes out next year in the fall. Zootopia Plus, a new trailer was shown for that series. That one launches on Disney Plus on November the 9th. And then also Best in Snow, Pentatonics, Around the World for the Holidays, The Hip Hop Nutcracker. Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, Under Wraps 2, Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. Because there was so much stuff, IGN didn't even talk about Percy Jackson and the Olympians. They showed off a trailer for that, and we put that on Pop Culture Cosmos as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. Overall, for Disney Plus and what's coming out in the movies for Disney, any last thoughts before we head on to the games part of it? No, I mean that's quite a bit. You know, like you said, I was hoping for more Tron stuff, like a a, a definitive like yes we will be going back to the world of tron well they've got a ride coming up at disney world that they're making and we'll talk a little bit about tron here in a sec but yeah it would have been nice to see a movie or a series i would love a series in the world of tron they did an animated series that was highly praised so yeah back in the day which you can catch on disney plus so yeah go ahead and check out some tron maybe we'll go ahead and get some more from the world of tron but speaking of the world of tron they were part of the Disney Game Showcase. Tron Identity is a it's a visual novel from the makers of Thomas Was Alone. So that's a very interesting aspect of the world of Tron. I'd like to go ahead and check out. The teaser was revealed. So go ahead and check that out on GameSource, our sister site on Facebook. Plus also as well, Marvel's Midnight Suns. 
it got a new release date for December 2 of this year. So Marvel's Midnight Suns is coming out before the end of the year. The Nintendo Switch, that doesn't have a date yet, but for PlayStation 5 owners and Xbox Series X and S owners and the PC, you get Midnight Suns coming this year, which actually is a good thing because that means there's actually a game that is coming out before the end of the year. The biggest news out of all this was Amy Hennig, who you and I love so dearly from her work with the creation of the Uncharted series. Mm. We know her career since then as far as that Star Wars game that was in development at EA that she was making was pulled out from under the rug by EA at the time. She has moved on and she's working with Skydance Media and she is coming out with a Marvel Captain America and Black Panther game that's set in World War II. So I'm very excited to see what kind of narrative she could bring for that. Did you hear about that going on at the Marvel's Game Showcase? I did, yeah, and I watched the trailer for it. Yeah, I'm interested, but I need to know a little bit. I wanted to see some gameplay, which was not something we got. They always do that cinematic trailer that they showcase, and a right. year on down the line, they start showing you right. some gameplay. You think of Amy Hennig, and you think about narrative-driven gameplay, like the mechanics mm-hmm. revolve around the narrative and the story. That's what I wanted to see, because traditionally, like, I don't play a lot of superhero games because they they're just not fun. They're not good. They're they're all like very beat em up and not really narrative driven in a way that like really enthralls you. Like Guardians of the Galaxy was good, but that was the first time I've ever played a superhero game that I cared about the story. That's what I wanted to see. All right. Well, definitely looking forward to that because you and I both have again great affection for the work of Amy Hennig. Looking forward to seeing what she can do for the world of Captain America and Black Panther in this upcoming game. Disney's Dreamlight Valley. Yes, you can go ahead and check that out right now. That dropped last week. That's their version of Animal Crossing. It is going to be a live service game once it comes out of you know access and becomes a full-fledged game. But it's available to play right now. So go ahead and check that out. They talked about that a little bit. And that has uh, some pretty positive reviews so far. So looking good there. A Mickey Mouse and Friends co-op game, Illusion Island, was announced for the Nintendo Switch. So that's upcoming in 2023. Marvel's World of Heroes, which is a augmented reality game that was announced by Pokemon Go developer Niantic. So anything relating to that, could that blow up like Pokemon Go? I don't know, but the trailer that came out looks pretty cool. So We could be all doing that from our mobile phones pretty soon, so who knows? Avatars, Frontiers of Pandora got a little bit of gameplay shown off. Marvel Snap, the upcoming free-to-play collectible card game, that got a release date for October 18th, 2022. So if you're into collectible card games, there you go. Return to Monkey Island, it got a new trailer, and that's going to come up as far as September 19th. It's coming out a little over a week's time, so looking forward to seeing more of the return to Monkey Island when that comes out. Aliens Dark Descent, it got a gameplay trailer revealed, so ooh, looking forward to seeing more from the world of Aliens Dark Descent when that comes out in 2023. Gargoyles, I think this was the one that blew everybody away. Gargoyles, which is the cult, and it is a true definition of a cult classic. That series, that animated series that a lot of kids remember from back in the day. You know, they come out of school and they would catch it in the afternoons. It was syndicated. It was 
actually something that I think a lot of people enjoyed. That's coming out with a remastered version of the Gargoyles game that came out. So that's coming up to modern consoles and the PC as well. So what did you think about that when you heard that Gargoyles is alive and well and being remastered? I know. I didn't realize like how much people love that property. Like I remember being a kid and I liked it a lot. Like you go to Walmart and you could buy the complete series for, I want to say it's like 30, 30 to 40 bucks, but it's awesome. You know, that's, that's great news. And uh, you know, I'm sure like that's going to create a boom in the collector market for the old gargoyle action figures and any remakes that come out. So, Hey, more power to them. Yeah. Like you said, Disney's obviously doing a lot to cash in on nostalgia. I mean, look at the, the Santa Claus is proof of that concept same thing with like the ferris bueller properties so just surprised we haven't heard any movement on like another alien movie coming out exactly exactly indeed i don't think it will be too much time before that happens but there's a mobile mmorpg avatar reckoning that got a first look trailer again it was just cinematic in nature it wasn't exactly showing off really that much in gameplay it was more like the you know what what you could do in the world so looking forward to that as far as if you're an avatar fan lego star wars the skywalker saga got new galactic edition and new characters as far as added dlc to it so if you're a big fan of the skywalker saga lego star wars game you got more stuff coming on the way and disney speedstorm they were introduced new racers from monster inc as far as added dlc merverse from Halloween season. You know, we didn't even mention that the Haunted Mansion also as well for Disney Plus. That was actually showcased as well. There's a ton of stuff. Even Deadline and IGN didn't get it all in. I'm just amazed to see that there was so much stuff out there. Haunted Mansion even got some love. The reimagining of the Haunted... Remember the one with Eddie Murphy way back when? Because I know Guillermo was attached to that for a while. Yeah, but they actually are releasing it, and they did showcase some footage from that at D23. So, you know, and that wasn't even mentioned by Deadline. So, yes, there is more stuff coming out from D23 from that. And then Disney's Mirrorverse Halloween season will soon bring a lot of uh, good Halloween fun uh, to what's going on with that game as well this free-to-play action rpg because free-to-play is where it's at the live service game that it is marvel strike force is going to add red hulk and that i believe does it for all the dizzy gaming as well your thoughts because this comes from a company that at one time after they ditched disney infinity wanted nothing to do with the video game world that's interesting. Yeah, it's the same. Well, I mean, remember Lucas Lucas Arts? I think did the same thing back in the day. But uh-huh. yeah, I mean, there there's they seem to have learned that there is profitability in video games if they're done right. With like Disney Infinity, they created these worlds and they weren't able to sustain them. Like I think they misunderstood the need to create content to revolve around like these worlds. So I mean, hopefully they're remedying that mistake. I think working with companies like Square is a good move, you know, for like Avengers and things. Like, I think outsourcing is the way to go for them. Because now they're seeing how much people love these games. They just need to like maybe not keep it in-house. I agree. I agree. That's for long-term, you're going to get your good and your bad from it. But the good and the high notes, I think, are going to be a lot higher than what you could do in-house with, with the resources 
that they allotted to the video game industry in the past. Although I love Disney Infinity. That was really a lot of fun for my kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people like, you know, my kids liked it. And I know a lot of people who still go to like gaming stores trying to collect those little pieces. So, I mean, I don't understand why they shut those servers down. I'm sure someone will will create like a mod server here at some point. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think they just misunderstood what was involved in that process. So I think that's virtually all of what was covered in the weekend for D23. If you have thoughts on everything D23, whether it's video game, TV, or movie related, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, with all that said, my friend, we went way over on our time based off of D23, but we're going to try and knock out the rest of the show. So let's get ready to rumble on the last minutes of the show, talking about everything else going on. Lord of the Rings, Episode 3, they headed to Numenor, which really wasn't covered before in the past movies because of the fact that a lot of things happened to Numenor. Spoilers, I don't want to go into, but they did go ahead into the land of Numenor. I thought it was a really good episode. Mm -hmm. The only thing is I wish they rearranged the scenes a little bit around to make it a little bit more mysterious because there's this scene where they're in Numenor and Galadriel discovers more of the plot of Sauron coming back and the evil starting to grow. And they had this iconic ending to the scene of the map and what Sauron could possibly take control of as far as Middle Earth is concerned. And I thought it goes to black and I'm like, Oh, that's the end of the show. Really good show. And then they had 20 more minutes of the rest of the movie. So yeah. Yeah. I, um, I totally get that. I was I would have loved that as the last scene before next week's, but otherwise it was a really good episode. And you know what? For all the vitriol that supposedly is out there, I know there was this Business Insider article trashing Lord of the Rings because they were so happy to say because based off the review scores, because of all the controversy that this and and Game of Thrones has gotten because of the the casting choices. Yeah, And I, I disregard it. I totally disregard any opinions. And I'm just choosing to watch it myself because of the fact that I think there's so much hate and vitriol just because of what's going on in, as far as uh, the, the casting is concerned. I totally disregard it and actually watch the product for what it is. And I am really enjoying what I'm seeing so far from Lord of the Rings. I think it is blowing away anything showcased on this Game of Thrones prequel. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 a fun ride. Like Game of Thrones is or you know, House of the Dragon is very stressful to watch. It's just but, there. It's it's just it knows what it needs to do. It checks all the boxes for Game of Thrones fans, yeah. and that's it. That's all it does. Formulaic. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that Lord of the Rings is completely opposite of that. And like, you know, I've I've ranted about this, you know, quite a few times in the past couple of weeks, but like I I love the show and I hate when people like try to get me to like fuel their they're like, oh, the casting choices. Like, just watch the show for what it is. You know, like, like I said, there's not a lot of like writing about this. Like, they're pretty much creating a story from scratch because there's there's like histories, you know, in Lord of the Rings and Silmarillion about this era of Lord of Tolkien's w world, but there's not a lot like created around it. So I'm just kind of, yeah. I'm enjoying the ride right now. Absolutely, as am I. I'm enjoying it as well. If you don't like it, don't watch yeah, it. Simple as that. Or if you if you don't like it, create one of your own. Go to the Embracer Group, throw them a hundred to two hundred million dollars, mm -hmm. and make one of your own. Simple yeah. as that. It's that simple. Yeah, I mean, as for the episode though, yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was great. Yeah, that scene should have been at the end. It took me a minute to realize that, like, oh, the Southlands are actually like that's isn't that mm -hmm. where Mordor 
is mm-hmm. eventually built. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that was like, I was like, that's ah, what it's leading to. That's okay. what it's leading All to. Right. Yeah, and so, and also, Numenor. I'm like, huh, a seal door. They mm-hmm. eventually start the kingdom of Gondor. So I'm imagining, like, I don't, I haven't followed that history very much. So I, from what I know about it, though, they leave Numenor and go to Middle Earth and settle and create the kingdom of Gondor. Absolutely. So I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is really interesting to see, like, all these threads that I just, they weren't like historically important to me until seeing it on the show. You know, absolutely, very interesting. Big props so far to Amazon. You and I thought this was a risk, and so far, I think it's paying off. Again, 25 million people in the first 24 hours saw the first episodes. So, you know what? If you don't like it, don't watch it. If you're yeah. not agreeing with the casting, make one your own. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Just, just just stop with the hate. Just stop with yeah. the hate and vitriol. Move on to something else. Although, what? again, we, we, we think they're going to move on to the Little Mermaid. So, you know. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's, let's leave the Lord of the Rings alone for a little while, you know. Yeah. Um, one thing that was like interesting we were watching because my kids really love lord of the rings so we were sitting there watching this episode last night and i was like dang like they really upped the the human on human violence in this past episode because like normally you know and this sounds bad but it's like it's orc blood you know it's like you see an orc get an arm or head cut off and there's like there's no not really any gore to that it's just like it looks like someone's cutting into like a turkey like a cooked turkey or something but like they really upped the human violence like him smashing i forget what the guy's name was but he's like smashing faces into walls and stuff so i was like yeah all right girls uh don't uh let me cover your eyes for this part i was not was not expecting that to happen well it you know, a lot of people are speculating that that is sauron so just let you know that that guy that mm. they're talking about mm. need i digress i will go ahead and say if you have thoughts on lord of the rings episode three or the series as a whole for the rings of power, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Ugh. So you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, I was tied into a chair, and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. (laughs) (laughs) Well played, sir. Well played. Yes. That's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Cobra Kai Season 5 debuted this weekend on Netflix. And I could just say this show is doing just fine. It is really good. Again, another good season. Very good season from Cobra Kai. Well worth the binge. And this show embraces the cheese as i always say it embraces 
and loves the melodramatic soap opera style cheese, 80s style cheese that the 80s movies and 90s movies did not. And those movies back in the day took themselves way too seriously. This show does not. It really does a good job now, even better than uh, intertwining the adult and kid stories. It, it Previous seasons, it focused a little bit more on the kids at times than what I thought it should have. The adult stories are the most entertaining ones, and I really think that it did a good job of blending both to make them both important. And I really had a good time with this. Highly recommend it. It really is a lot of fun. Yes, it's nostalgic, but it just brings everybody back from the Karate Kid movies from the past. It's funny how they're the bad guys from Karate Kid 1, 2, and 3 are all working together to beat other bad guys from you know, the Karate Kid movies. Yeah, it's like yeah, an it adventure. Exactly. It is so hilarious when you stop to think about that, but it is truly a lot of fun to watch. It is Cobra Kai. They don't take themselves seriously. You shouldn't either. It's just a lot of fun. It's actually very well written. They What they do a good job of is they dot their I's and cross their T's. They make sure that if they show you something earlier in the series, that they bring it back. If there's something that they reference from the movies, they make sure they reference it properly. A lot of great things. The only thing is that the last part, the last ending of the last episode, there's kind of a head-scratching thing because there's a, a, a there's some th- stuff that went on as far as the ending is concerned with Crease that was kind of head-scratching at the very end. But outside of that, just a fantastic season, season five. And again, sets itself up, I believe, for season six. I think it's a lot of people can just love this and just... I highly recommend it. Highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I keep like it's. I need to watch it. I need to just sit down and watch it. It's a lot of fun, man. It's just it's the cheese overflows, and they are just embracing the cheese with Cobra Kai. That's why I love it. As much as I hated the movies, I love the series because it does a flip on what it did. uh, You know, so well, what it did to embrace the audience back in the eighties. It does an opposite flip of it and just really it embraces it understands the world is different than 1985 and it does a lot of different things now accordingly and it really does uh, it, it really has grown and it's a, it's a great series just absolutely great series people got to check it out so yep right there on netflix if you have any thoughts on cobra kai season five you got a chance to check it out please let us know pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com Clerks 3 is coming out this week. Kevin Smith dropping his long-rumored third version of the Clerks saga. And the advanced reviews are all over the place. I was telling Josh before the show, there's scores in the 20s and there's scores in the 90s. So are you interested in revisiting the world of Clerks with Clerks 3? Yeah, absolutely. I know I, I, I love Kevin Smith's movies, you know, and I'll, I'll watch them regardless of whether or not. I mean whether they're good or not like i still appreciate them okay fair enough fair enough but clerks 3 is coming out let everybody know it's i think it's scheduled for a tuesday release so if you have thoughts on clerks 3 let us know on the side as well but before we head on out my friend amidst all the things that were going on with d23 the smh move of the weekend was ubisoft i don't know what this company is thinking but it decided to go ahead and put out a showcase called ubisoft forward 
and they did showcase skull and bones they did showcase a lot of stuff in the assassin's creed universe they did showcase more of mario and rabbits game that new game that they've got coming up which has been a very under the radar very successful series of games for them in the mario plus rabbit series for nintendo switch just dance 2023 they showcased that track mania is coming to consoles rainbow six is going mobile the division they showcased a lot of stuff as far as the heartland and resurgence and the division two a lot of content for that writers republic season four a lot of stuff going on there again skull and bones they showcased a new trailer as that's headed for a november release but the thing they wanted to talk about most was the Assassin's Creed universe. So if you could take some time out before we end the show, I'm going to leave it for you with what's going on with the future of Assassin's Creed. Okay, so first, before we hit Assassin's Creed, the Ubisoft 4, everything they're doing is, is becoming a live service. I'm pretty sure like physical games are going bye-bye from them and everything's becoming a service. You know, they moved... You know, Mario Rabbids is obviously a game, but Just Dance is becoming a service. Rock Division is becoming a service. Division is becoming a, a service. Assassin's Creed, even, I think, is on its way to becoming a service because they talked about the launch of Assassin's Creed Infinity, which was assumed to be like a massive online Assassin's Creed game. Yes. It's becoming much like Halo Infinite. They're they're making it, they're releasing it as a hub for Assassin's Creed content. So anytime yeah. you want to play the new games, you have to go to the this hub and you have to download it. So there's no like no more disc based media. And you could tell they're moving towards that direction with how, you know, the last couple Assassin's Creed games, you had to be online in order to save your game. Like it has to constantly be online to do anything. And they talked about how not all the upcoming Assassin's Creed games will be these huge, expansive open worlds. In fact, yeah. there's one on the way that's not going to be that they've talked about specifically not being that expansive, huge game that you're used to. Is yep. that bothering you at all? So this, yeah, it kind of does bother me. So it's Assassin's Creed Mirage is coming out next year. It's weird because in the end of Valhalla, you find out that that Basim is Loki. So they're like creating an Origins game that doesn't really tie into the storytelling they did in Valhalla. So I'm really confused on how that's going to work. And they're going back to like the... The basics of Assassin's Creed, like there, there are no, from what I, I understand, there are no RPG elements in this Assassin's Creed Mirage. It's just like, it's basically like Assassin's Creed One. And they're doing an Assassin's Creed multiplayer separate game. The modern series is going to be explained only in Assassin's Creed Infinity. They're talking about a Netflix mobile game that they're doing on Netflix's mobile Whoa. service. They're talking is, about a Netflix series. Yeah, ton of stuff. a ton of stuff. Yeah, and I know that. So the mobile game is supposed to be the first like open world Assassin's Creed game, kind of like the the first full Assassin's Creed experience on mobile. And mm-hmm. I I don't know if it's tied to Netflix or not. I'm not sure about that, but I know they are working with Netflix to create a series. And then the next iteration in and so the mobile game set in Japan and the next like full Assassin. There are two full Assassin's Creed games coming out that are like the next rpg games in their series you have assassin's creed hexa and then you have assassin's creed codename jade and codename jade though is the chinese the game set in china China. yeah and there's one i forgot oh shoot what's the name of it it's like the valhalla the last chapter there's mirage there's codename hexa which we don't really know a lot about right now and then there's one that takes place in um feudal japan 
where you're like you're a shinobi and i'm trying to fit like i don't remember what the name of that one is i think it's codename red it's codename red Codename red. yeah codename red and that one it's like you're a shinobi warrior and it it, yeah. it sounds cool because i yeah i i have been one of the people that have been wanting to see assassin's creed go to feudal japan there's so much coming out and i know there's this big deal where they're like hey maybe we should focus on one assassin's creed title at a time and make it come out like every other year well, remember that, we, we had that discussion about how there was too much Assassin's Creed coming out and, yeah, and they got away from right. it and they started letting stuff breathe and that was getting better. Mm-hmm. And then now all of a sudden they're just jam packed full of Assassin's and Even uh, like people that work at Ubisoft are like, yeah, this is what we're going to do from now on. And now all of a sudden there's like, what, five Assassin's Creed things coming out in the next three or four years. And live service and a Assassin's Creed series and Assassin's Creed mobile game. Way too much Assassin's Creed, I think, on the way. But it sounds to me, it reeks of desperation for me it, it from does. Ubisoft. And the, the thing was, they're just not doing anything right there at, right now. Because the fact that you released it in the midst of what D23 was doing and releasing, it just speaks volumes about the thought process about when you do these things. Nobody cared with everything that was going on. Yeah. With D23 that Ubisoft Forward was even saying anything. I don't think they got the audience that they wanted simply because of the timing. Just again, the thought process at Ubisoft really has me perplexed. It was not there. And you know, it, it, they are desperate too to leave this, the workplace controversies behind, you know, with like the way they allegedly treat women and stuff like that. And you could tell too with because every trailer was so strongly female focused. But it's like doing that is not going to change your sins they need to come out and like say like hey we're working on this a silent right. fan service i'm trying to say we were plotting them because they were letting the assassin's creed series breathe they were letting them take time to to build better universes better worlds now all of a sudden they're not only doubling but tripling down on assassin's creed and again it reeks of desperation from ubisoft a company which again is not making good choices in the past five six years that it's really taken their company downhill. Yeah. Like the, in the last few Assassin's Creed games have just been, they've been fine. You know, even like the ratings for them have been like sevens and eights. You know, I don't remember if there ever was an Assassin's Creed game that was a nine or a 10. And I, I don't know, man. Like, I, like, I don't know what the, where the series is going to go, what they're going to do with the story. There's no end in sight for it. There's no, they have so many like, narratives that are still unwound that need to be wrapped up and i I don't i don't know i have no idea what's going to happen with this franchise what are your thoughts out there on ubisoft forward and what's the outlook moving forward for ubisoft we want to hear your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com well my friend it's been a very busy episode a lot to talk about so much to go ahead and break down remember you can catch it all on popculturecosmos on facebook but any last thoughts before we head on out? Uh, you know, I don't, you know, and, and right now, like I'm looking, I know God of War allegedly is coming out this year, but I have a feeling that we're going to get a lot more game movements. You know, I, I was looking at the schedule stuff coming out and I, I just like, I don't have faith that a lot of these games are going to make their release date. So I'm sure we'll talk about that more as the time, you know, months go on towards the holidays. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself 
ugly. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.